This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. We are back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson and we have uh, Bob Labriola. You want to Give a little. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's what we were laughing <laughs> about on joke. the uh, on the out there is because every time uh, every Wednesday when I announce that Bob is going to be on the next segment, Matt kind of goes, "Ooh, yeah." Our boy Adam full Crawley dis- loved Full it. disclosure here, Matt already knows that Bob Labriola is going to be But it always takes me joining. by surprise, and I'm always so <laughs> tickled pink that we got labs next. I love it. <laughs> we will now welcome Bob Labriola onto the show. How you doing, Bob? Are you guys laughing or are you taunting me? <laughs> well, you know, it's taunting. all about the body language. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, I, call, let, let, let's talk I'll about that. I'll call Tony Carrente. Yeah. I'll let, talk, let's, call. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm not a fan of the rule, as I'm sure you probably, I'm just, I'm just guessing here. We haven't talked about this, but I'm, I'm guessing you're probably not a big fan of the rule either. But by letter of the law... If you're going to call it, it, it is on the books, and they are emphasizing it. Don't put yourself in that position. Well, you know, to me, this is um, this is similar, but in a different way, that to the player safety initiative in 2010. What you think, what I think, what the fans think, none of that matters. None of it. Um, and this is something that the league has decided that they want. Uh, ownership obviously is on board because it was approved, and you know there are um, you know I, I, I don't I'm I'm just trying to spitball here in terms of why you know this was implemented and has become a point of emphasis. You know I just don't think that the league has any interest in things escalating to you know a bench clearing brawl quote unquote for um, what they would consider you know, real taunting as opposed to, you know, what we've seen in just about every instance when the penalty has been called to this point. And so um, I don't really, I don't think that the league cares whether, um, you know, there, there, it's actual taunting or just kind of appears to be. I don't think the league cares if, um, uh, you know, it maybe determines a game. I, I don't think they care. I think they have a, a bigger picture in mind, and everybody better get on board with this and understand what it is because it's not changing. Right. I mean, and, and I compare it, you know, to the player safety initiative in 2010 because in the span of like 10 calendar days, James Harrison went from a guy who hadn't been flagged for personal foul in thousands of defensive snaps into public enemy number one. And there wasn't any meeting or rule change or anything. They just started calling or emphasizing, you know, what they were told to call and emphasize. And so, you know, to, to the Cassius Marshes in the world, um, you know, you guys, uh, you're, you're just going to get run over by the machine uh, if you don't, uh, you know, buckle down and, and get in step. Because this is something that, as I said, the league wants, ownership must want as well. And so I don't know that there's going to be anything uh, to stand in its way. No, I agree. And I, I saw uh, J.C. Treader, who, of course, had the Brown Center, who is the 
the uh, president of the NFLPA, uh, was apparently asked about that and said, well, the players would be in favor of, of not having that called anymore. They don't have a choice. It's not really up to that. It's not up to you guys. So whoever asked him that question, you're just completely barking up the wrong tree. That would be like asking the players, hey, you know, do you want, uh, you know, helmet-to-helmet hits to go away or whatever whatever it may be. They don't make the rules. They don't make the rules. They may have some input into, yeah, we think that's a good idea or not. But they have – if the league decides that it wants to get taunting out of the game, the league is going to get taunting out of the game. Well, just, you know – you, you mentioned it doesn't matter what the players think. It doesn't matter what the coaches think either. I mean, right. throw the coaches into that too because, um, you know, coaches can be fired and new coaches hired. And, you know, and, and if, if this continues um, in terms of, you know, if no one caves and, and they continue to enforce this and emphasize this, in five years it'll be out of the sport. It will. Yeah. I mean, because players who refuse – to um, adhere. Will be former players. (laughs) Right. Coaches who don't, you know, start cracking uh, down on guys who, uh, you know, flout these rules will get fired and new ones will come in. And, you know, it'll be just like like now. um, It's pretty hard to find anyone who says, you know, uh, contact to the head or use of the helmet and tackling. You know, uh, you know, should be allowed again. Uh, it's just changed. That's it. They changed the climate, and um, you either uh, you either fall in line again, or you know, go look for another job somewhere else because the NFL isn't. There's enough people, you know, who want uh, jobs in the league, and um, you know that you can be easily replaced. So again, as I try, I try to explain to people, it doesn't matter. You know what you think. It doesn't matter if it's fair. It doesn't matter. You know if a team loses a game because of bad implementation. You know of the rule. They don't care. They want it stopped. And so, you know, keep your eyes then down on uh, on the end of the turf or at your shoe tops or whatever. Um, celebrate with your teammates. Do not engage the opponent. Do not engage the opposing sideline. Don't do it because it is a. Um, you know, it's a zero-sum situation to me. I love the word emphasize, Lev. You know, like, we always hear this every year. It's something or other. We're going to emphasize quarterback safety. We're going to emphasize fewer head-to-head, you know, helmet-to-helmet contact. We're going to emphasize more pass interference. Every year there's something, and we talk about it, but it's kind of like my kids when I emphasize that they should not leave their wet laundry all over the bathroom. We kind of don't really listen to dad as much as we should. But dad's got a lot of power here. If they're going <laughs> to emphasize it, it's going to happen. Emphasize is kind of a, a nice, calm way or cool way of saying, this is what's happening, folks. Get on board. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, it, uh, you know, as I said, uh, I don't particularly care for it. Um, I, I thought that it was, you know, especially punitive to the Bears Monday night. But, you know, it, and the, According to the strict writing of the rule, what he did is, is taunting. And um, you know, as I said, you know, James Harrison was hitting those those uh, hits he made in that game in Cle- against Cleveland uh, at Heinz Field. It was Ben Roethlisberger's return from that suspension. Um, Josh Cribbs and um, you know uh, Matt McCoy. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, and Colt McCoy, too, but Massacoy, I mean, those were, again, two weeks earlier, those were good hits. Those were on highlight shows. That day, and from that day forward, they were illegal, finable acts. And that's it. Turn the page. It's different. And as I said, you either get on board or you get run over by the truck. Yeah, and Harrison changed the way he played. Yeah. After that, he, I mean, you know, he went the last, I don't know, five or six years of his career without being penalized for those things. So you can change, and that's something, you know, and after the it, – it's an after-the-play thing. Like, I get, you know – Emotion. And all emotion that. and all that stuff. There's no reason to do that stuff. It's, it, I, had a, I had a kid when I, I, actually, I got roped into coaching uh, my son's football team one year, and we had a running back – who was and this is like fourth and fifth grade football. He's running for a touchdown. He breaks away and he's running for a touchdown and holds the ball back behind him as he's running into the end zone to ton of he's taunting he's the other taunting, team. Yeah. And I immediately ran down there and I'm like, we don't do that here. Where do you think he saw stuff like that? Yeah, I think a oh, lot of absolutely. they don't want the kids to, you know, right. Right. There's no question where he saw that. Yeah. Um we don't see any more question like is, throat slicing which, stuff that people used to do. Right. Or, you know, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, or the, um, the um, you know, Brett Kiesel with the bow and arrow thing after a sack. Can't go to the ground to celebrate a sack, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, there's always little um, things that they emphasize. A, right, they'll, think of, they'll find some verbiage to get what they want accomplished. I mean, that's the, that's the thing about the NFL rule book. I mean, it is so big and so... Um, you know, it has it's a, it's, a, it's it's a legal document almost where you can bend the words to have, make it mean anything you want. It's written by lawyers. So, so. That, <laughs> there you yeah. go. And so, if they emphasize okay. something, I would pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. Bob, um, are, are are you living in your fears this week? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I seriously, and and I don't mean this. You know, to, to demean the Steelers or anything, but I live in my fears every week with this team. This team is not good enough to play average and win. It's just not. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to be on the details uh, every week. Every week doesn't matter who they play because they're not that good. I mean, <laughs> um, they're and 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 the, and the thing is, and again, I mean. They're good enough if they play uh, the way they played against Cleveland. They're, they're a playoff team. But, you know, it's not one of those situations where, um, and I'm trying to think of a team but besides the 07 Patriots, where, you know, the question was, are they going to score 40 or not this week? It wasn't, are they going to win? Or, you know, you, you, you show up and, I won't say go through the motions or anything uh, because that's not what I mean. But you don't have to be. Um, there's room for at error. your best, right? There's room for error, and I don't think there's a whole lot of room for error for, with this team. Um, it's just the way the, the, that it's, the team is made up, the division that it's in, uh, and you know the limits of the roster, and you know all that kind of salary cap. Uh, this is a team that can win any game it plays. It can lose any game it plays. So, um, you know, what do you, what do you got for us this week? And for me, that's I'm on pins and needles all the time. Yeah, and if I'm Mike Tomlin learned, this week, I think I'm showing, I'm showing him, uh, this team film of D 
Detroit's game against Baltimore. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, and Detroit's yeah. film against the Rams. Yeah, where they play both of those teams who are you this know, team plays hard. They yeah. don't do much well, but they play hard. And just say, look, this yeah. is this is what you're going to face this week. Yeah, you know, because they should have beat the Ravens. I mean, yeah, not could have, but they should have. That was a missed delay of game penalty that makes a 66-yard field goal attempt that hit the crossbar and bounced over into a 71-yard field goal attempt that doesn't even get that far. Um, and you beat them because that was the last play of the game for the Ravens. So, um, you know, yeah, I'm living in my fears. And let me just say this out loud for – uh, all the fans that you know believe next year the thing you got to do is move up in the first round and pick a quarterback. The Lions have been bad for more than 15 years or almost 15 years, and in those 15 years they've had the num- the first overall pick of a draft at quarterback for them. So anybody who thinks that that's like the, um, yeah. the be all and yeah cure all be all end all. Um, it's not necessarily the case. Yeah, I mean, a, a guy like Trevor Lawrence is a phenomenal prospect, but there's a long way until the Jags are relevant, no matter how good he is. Um, another right. rookie I wanted to mention to you, though, Labs, is uh, is Pat Fryermuth. I mean, how, how impressed are you with him? What are your thoughts on him? How does he compare to early career Heath? Um, I remember Eric Green really coming on strong early on. I mean, have you seen many Steeler tight ends burst on the scene like this guy? No, yeah, um, it's rare. and I, I wouldn't. Um, I, I I like him too much as a player to compare him to Eric Green. Sorry, <laughs> not a fan. Never was. Um, selfish. Um, not a team guy. So there's that. But anyway, I like Fryermuth a lot, yeah. and I've grown to like him a lot because <clears throat> you know there are some people who believe that. You just dismiss out of hand the notion of spending a first-round pick on a on a running back. Uh, my philosophy has always been: if you can get me another Heath Miller, then you're you're allowed to uh, spend a premium draft pick on a tight end. Uh, now I'm not saying that Fryermuth is Heath Miller. I don't want to lay that label on him this early in his career, um, but he is he has a lot of the. Uh, qualities and characteristics um, that I think Heath Miller had early in his career as well. So, um, yeah, this this was a good draft pick, uh, and I, I just think that he's a guy who, whose role, you know, as a receiver particularly, uh, should expand as this season wears on. I mean, um, you know, I think that one of the good things is that he and Ben, seem to be developing, you know, a very good on-field relationship because the guy with the football in his right hand on third and six or third and eight or whatever it is, first and goal at the five, excuse me, at the five-yard line is the ultimate determiner of where the football goes. And so I think that what Fryermuth has done lately in terms of making plays and coming through and Ben throws him the ball will lead to that happening more often. And because I think this guy might be um, maybe the second-best offensive player on that team right now after the running back, what's his name, the one you should never draft on the first round. <laughs> yeah, Touches the ball a million um, times. I, I don't yeah. think it's a coincidence, Labs, that the last two games 
all the Steeler touchdowns have come from those two rookies. I mean, and even take a step further, if you include Johnson and Claypool, they're the only guys getting the ball now. I mean, yes. they, they've really concentrated. And Juju's out and Ebron's out. and But those four are getting the football. It's four really young guys. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the dependability factor, I think Friar Moose has shown himself uh, to be <clears throat> pretty high on that scale. And, again, as I said, I think that will only help him uh, in terms of developing uh, a trust with the quarterback. And, you know, that'll get him the ball. And getting him the ball, I think, is important for this team moving forward to continue to win games. So, uh, overall, um, we're, we're through the first half of the season now, Labs. Uh, we saw the offensive line conti- continually showing some progress in the previous weeks and then maybe take a bit of a step back this past week. Is that just the natural progression for things? Or, you know, is this just something that a bump in the road? Do you feel like they, they, there's still more growth that can come there? Can they can can they pick it back up this week and kind of regain what they had the momentum that they had going? And labs, would you well, have any inclination to put Banner in at right tackle? Um, you know, I'm going to say what I said about the taunting thing. Uh, it doesn't matter what I think, and the head coach did not sound like he had any interest in that Yeah, sure uh, based on his comments on Tuesday at his news conference. So, um, you know, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, what I would do, though, just to kind of answer the last question first, um, I would help uh, Dan Moore, you know, put put a guy out there to chip him or, um, you know, slide the, cover, uh, the protection that way go empty less often. Um, you know, I, I think that <clears throat> there are things that can be done outside of expose him, um, you know, the one-on-one Robert Quinn uh, situations. <laughs> as often. Ex- right. That he gets <laughs> exposed to that stuff. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't see any need for it. Uh, and it has less to do with, you know, thinking you might ruin his confidence. <laughs> it has trying to, to win a game. Him. You're trying to get the guy blocked. <laughs> Or, or you know, keep your quarterback out of the hospital. You know, there, there's that too. Um, but uh, no, I don't think uh, Banner uh, is uh, going to be put in the lineup. I mean, if things continue to um, you know fall apart a little bit out there, left tackle, who knows? But I mean, just starting um, the game Sunday against the Lions, I think it will be the five that have been the five. Uh, for every game this regular season. Um, and the other thing you asked me, remind me again now. Was that just a bump in the road last week? Do you feel like this oh, line can – The O-line progression. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, here's something else. I, I think the Bears have a pretty good defense too. You know, um, I know what their record was um, and all that stuff, but you know, that, that defensive line is big and physical, and um, you, know, you don't see them very much as an AFC team – may not really have um, much experience even with the players there because you know, maybe they haven't moved in the same circles uh, in terms of your opponents that you see. And so I think there was some newness there, unfamiliarity even with the coaching staff uh, in terms of the personnel. And, you know, Hicks and um, that number 91. Goldman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Power they're, players. They're biggest. Right, big physical power guys. And, you know, it's kind of like when other teams that aren't familiar with the Ravens play the Ravens. You know, you struggle a little bit, 
until you kind of get accustomed and used to those guys and how they like to play. So I don't, you know, I don't think that um, necessarily uh, there should be any overreaction to, you know, the Bears winning the line of scrimmage on Monday night. Um, you know, just trying to get back to doing what you do well, uh, maybe make a, a couple of adjustments to, you know, help some guys who might need some help every now and then and keep playing, you know, the way you've been playing because I really think the way the Steelers have been playing on offense is the way they have to play. You know, and as, as a former coach used to say, you can't get the tiered um, just because you have a bad game or a couple of plays don't work or, or whatever. You can't give up on the things that you know that you have to do. Labs, we're big Justin Fields fans here, and I think he's starting to turn the corner, and I think it was real easy to preview this game, be like, oh, rookie quarterback doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, I thought he played really, really well, and, you know, our listeners don't – this city doesn't tend to give the opponents any credit. Uh, I think Fields is really hard to play against right now. Yeah, and, you know, the the thing that, um, uh, you know, I thought the the way you approach him is – you keep him in the pocket and make him, you know, be an NFL quarterback. He made some nice throws standing yeah. there. I mean, it wasn't street ball <clears throat> what we saw from Justin Fields Monday night. So, yeah, maybe he did turn a corner. He was awfully young, you know, when he entered the league. And by young, I'm not just speaking age, but, um, you know, also experience, um, time on the field. You know, running an NFL Cal, uh, NFL style offense, even though Ohio State, you know, is closer than most college programs to that. Um, but he made some throws, and he was on the money. Uh, he was finding guys down the, uh, the tight end commit down the middle. He made some throws to the outside to Mooney and Allen Robinson. Um, you know, he looked like a real NFL quarterback. Where if you just looked at his stats coming into the game. You know, he wasn't. He was barely completing what a good high school quarterback does in terms of percentages, and his touchdown interception ratio was bad. His passer rating wasn't very good. Um, but obviously, the guy has talent, or he wouldn't have been picked that high. He's starting to show it. I think uh, you know, God help some of those teams uh, in the NFC North here for the next few years as this guy you know, develops more, and if if the Bears, you know, maybe. Um, I don't know, add to their offensive uh, talent base a little bit more. Uh, that, that guy's going to be a, a pain in the butt for teams that have to play him twice a year. No yeah, no, no doubt about that, Bob. we got to let you go. Uh, we're up against the hour here, but uh, we want to thank you for dropping by. As always, uh, he is Matt Williamson. Our guest has been uh, Bob Labriola. I'm Dale Lally, and we will be back for, uh, with the uh, Fantasy Football Focus right after this on The Drive. This is Black and Gold Fan Heaven SNR.